Apollo table, activate. Pretty tricky, right? I couldn't even find the on button. Welcome back, Marvel fans to the Raft, an MCU podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be discussing the eighth episode of the fifth season of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. entitled The Last Day. But before we do that, I'm your host, Tyler Zobel, and this is my co-host, William Miller. Hello. Well, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm very tired. I've been working night shifts, and then I just switched to day shifts, so I'm on, like... Taiwan time. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever is on the other side of the world. That's the time scale I'm on. Uh, so we'll see how this goes. Nice. That's about it, though. Uh, do you have any Marvel... You mentioned some Marvel news earlier. Please uh, check me up on that. Yes. There are two new clips for Marvel things. There's a new Black Panther clip, uh, which is about a minute long, and it looks like they just took a minute straight of uh, from the movie and just released it. Uh, showing off some of the tech and cool stuff that he has. There's an invisible car. Not an invisible car. A remote-driven car in, like, a car simulator. And it, it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. And then there's also a clip for Cloak and Dagger, the uh, teen drama thing <laughs> that's being released um. on Freeform. What did we say Freeform used to be? Like ABC Family or something? I thought it used to be a CW something. Maybe it was ABC. No. It's probably ABC Family because everything ABC related is You're Marvel. Right. Marvel and ABC are buddies. Right. Yeah, yeah, I think ABC Family became whatever this Freeform channel is. Um, yep. Alrighty then. So that was uh, a thing. Are you familiar with the characters Cloak and Dagger at all? Not at all. Okay, me neither. Uh Hers has something to do with, like, crystals that are maybe knives, and his has something to do with cloaks that are maybe, like, turning invisible or portals or something. I'm not actually sure. Yeah, I think she can, like, harden light to become uh, objects, usually sharp things that she cuts people with. And then, and I think he is kind of, like, teleporty in some fashion or another. Yeah, like, turns into smoke or jumps through shadows or something. Right. Yeah, that's like the vague notion of my concept of that but again i think when we mentioned this the first time yeah it seems to be they're going for kind of a cw-esque mm-hmm. uh teen level drama thing I, I will say though the original preview made it look like rich white girl and black boy from the hood uh <laughs> and this one i the, remember that now that you mentioned that <laughs> i forgot, right. had forgotten uh which i was like oh they're gonna not do this with as much nuance and uh, as it needs and it's gonna be terrible uh but in this one this video it looked like she was actually um pickpocketing him and that's how they met okay which All right. i feel like is a role reversal from what the first preview was showing but it at least it's not gonna be as uh black and white characters hey. <laughs> Even though that's literally their defining characteristics and the, their poster. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I have some news. Uh, first of all, let's start with the least exciting stuff first. Uh, there's a new picture of Jessica Jones pushing a dumpster. Sweet. <laughs> uh, that's it. 
Um, there's some set photos from the uh, 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 new Avengers movie, which features uh, Nick Fury, Samuel Jackson. Wow, he has his eye patch off in one of these, and that threw me. Uh, yeah, this, like, because it's just Samuel eye. Jackson. No, it's just Samuel Jackson. Oh. <laughs> he took his eye patch off for fun. Weird. Uh, and um, uh, I'm blanking on her character's name, but Kobe Smulders. Um, who should really be in more of these movies. For some reason, they have just been dictated as like, they're only in the Avengers movies. Mm-hmm. So they are. But uh, anyway, they're back. Hmm. So that's good. Um, because I like them both. Okay. And I hope they do more fun spy stuff. Uh, okay. Now here's the big news. Here's the big news. Um, Brie Larson uh, visited Nellis Air Force Base in Nevada in preparation for her role as Carol Danvers in... Uh, Marvel. that Captain Marvel. Oh yes. Uh, I don't know if they're filming there or if she's just training because it looks like she's hanging out with some real military folks. Hmm. Um, and she's getting in a jet again. Don't know if that's part. I don't know if you know this. Carol Danvers is a pilot. I didn't. So um, a fighter pilot. Yeah. Is that she why is. she's a captain? Probably. That's probably also why she's good at flying. Hmm. Because uh, Captain Marvel can fly. Anyway, uh, so she's a fighter pilot. I don't. I don't really know how their uh, powers go down because they're skipping the part of the story where she's Miss Marvel. Because in the comics, she goes, she's Miss Marvel in like a lame costume, and then she like shaves all her hair off and she becomes Captain Marvel and is awesome. So is the lame uh, is the lame costume like purple and blue? No, it's like black. Um, it's like a black bathing suit. Okay, <laughs> like it's it's from the old days. Because there was also the first pictures of her in the Captain Marvel costume, and it was like purple and blue, which doesn't exactly fit the comic look for her. That is that I've seen. Uh, the picture I have here. So the comic book from the Captain Marvel costume, the new one, the one that they're emulating, has like a star on the in the on the chest, and then it is like red, like very red and very blue, and then like some yellow accents. This one is black with like some green accents and that's it so somebody said well my first thought is like they'll change the colors later because this is like the first version of it we're gonna do like a you know maybe like a marvel netflix kind of thing where we start with a version of the costume and then we get the real one later on um somebody who was commenting on it said that they thought the green might be green because they want to replace it later with a different color that seems like a bad idea, and also it's like Ryan weird. Reynolds' uh, Green Lantern. Right. It seems more like a weird two-tone, like iridescent green, like it's supposed to be that color, not like replace it. Right. It, was, it wasn't chroma. It's green. not bright. No. Um, uh, it looks cool. It actually the design of it. It's a little more sci-fi, like all these costumes tend to be. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, it looks a lot like the one from the book the new one so that's okay. cool but yeah the colors are all whack so either she paints it a different color later because she got it from some aliens uh or who or or they're just gonna change it uh, if they just leave it like this i think people will be bummed but that's the case anyway so but that was that's the first i've heard about that movie actually like moving as far as like shooting because um, hmm. this whole nellis air force base thing looks like maybe training but the fact that she's in costume and they have it built uh, means maybe they're shooting soon? I don't actually know. Yeah, but maybe. That's cool. Is she going to be in Infinity Wars? Or is that coming out? My guess, her movie takes 
is going to be released between the two Infinity War 1 and 2 mm. movies. So either she shows up in the first one in the middle or end and then gets her own movie, which I'm doubting. And because I'm guessing her origin story, because it's probably complicated, is going to be in her own movie. So my guess is, is we she, set up... Is she an Inhuman or does it come from Aliens? Mm, that's a good point. So it's I don't know the details, but I know that... Uh, it's a Cree based thing. It has to do with like Cree blood or something, so it's kind of inhuman esque, but the character is from way before the inhumans were a thing, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, or before they were like not just the moon people, you know? Because <laughs> the inhumans used to be the moon people, and then like uh, Marvel sold all the rights to X Men, and then they brought inhumans back as the new X Men because they didn't have the rights to X Men movies anymore. Right. Um, so I, but I think she's an older character. Um, and the other thing about. Her original costume, which thankfully isn't in this movie, is that it has a red um, sash that she wears around her waist, which is why Miss Marvel has the red scarf. The new Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan, her red scarf is kind of supposed to be visually uh, similar. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. Kamala Khan's lightning bolt is what Captain Marvel or Miss Marvel used to have uh, on her like lame bathing suit thing. <laughs> so the lightning bolt and the red sash slash scarf are kind of old school Miss Marvel and then they upped it to Captain Marvel okay um, cool I believe that again we're rambling here on this point <laughs> we'll get past it I, I, I'm not sure but because it's about space and aliens and stuff I'm not sure the star symbol that is the kind of Captain Marvel symbol doesn't have to do with the um, Nova Corps because we've established the Nova Corps they have a star symbol I know Nova I right. think one and all their spaceships that link together to form a giant spaceship wall in a... <laughs> that can all get what? crushed and leave their fleet <laughs> in, uh, in Guardians, they're all star-shaped. They all have, like, uh, eight points, I want to say. Hmm. Um, so I think that might be related to them. And we've established them already in Guardians, so... Okay. Anywho, that was a ramble, but that was a lot of news from Captain Marvel being made, so that's cool. Also, Maria Hill is Colby Smulders. Maria Hill, yeah. that's the name. Yes, 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 for sure. Who has been in Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. a couple times. Hey, we're bringing it back. All right. <laughs> um, do you have a 10-second recap for this week's episode? Entitled, might I say, uh, The Last Day. I think I already said that, but go on. Sorry, I gotta, I gotta exhale now, get all that air out. You have um, to re-gasp. Yeah. Everybody meets on the surface, and the, the, the crew finds a woman from the past that can tell visions that also help them get back to the past. And we also get flashbacks of an alternate timeline. Yep. That's what happens. Uh, what were your thoughts on this episode overall? I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. It was it was weird because it was a builder episode. It is. Yeah. But all since all of the characters were together, that always makes the show better. Well, actually, mm-hmm. they weren't all together because Mac, they were and, ha- they were Mac split, and Yo-Yo actually. were still off. Yeah. Um, rock Kid. Yeah, with Rock Kid. But, uh, yeah, no, it was all good. I thought all the all the connections they're making, because now they're, they're starting to do the interweave of tying everything together and how mm-hmm. it's going to fit. Uh, and I like it. What were your thoughts? Uh, I liked the time thing that they're going with, with, like, the weird loops or, like, the loop through once and then reverse or whatever they're going to do. Right. To yeah, explain... Yeah. 
we're seeing a time stream that has been overwritten already. I think is kind of what's happening. We're seeing um, the we're seeing what happened in this current world's if, timeline. If if they didn't get teleported out of the diner, is my guess. Um, but uh, I think I think that's what happened with them being sent back in time the first time. I think they already failed once. Oh, because there were there were. My impression was the diner never happens. They. We'll we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. I just want to say I just want to finish my overall thought. I liked that. Some of the acting in this episode was kind of like weak. Uh, That new character they introduced, the like guy who double crosses them, Mm -hmm. not great. Uh, The old lady who's a little girl, okay. I just didn't love them, I think okay. was it. Uh, some of the acting felt a little stiff. They had to kind of get through a lot of like sci-fi time travel jargon. Mm-hmm. Uh, except, of course, Ian DeCasta Kerfitz, who like has a scene where he's yelling about time travel, and he just nails it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because he can't not crush it. So that was good. Um, and there was some fun shotgun axe stuff, which I enjoyed. <laughs> oh, I, I get do. it. Shotgun axe. Yeah. And again, that part was like okay. Yeah, they didn't but, need to be but, that. No, it was very on the nose. Uh, but the first bit where he's like questioning the practicality, right? Uh, I was amusing because it's not practical. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do get to see it in action, which was rad. Um, is Fitzsimmons Deke's parents? That's a weird idea. Why did you think that? Because uh, Deke's dad built the rock machine. But he has a name. Does he? Well, isn't Flint? We're looking for Flint. Flint is the uh, the rock kid. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, I missed that. Wow, because... his name is on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about um, that, but that's funny. Okay, I forgot that. Uh, so that, I, that was confusing me the whole time. Because we were looking for a guy and everybody's talking about Flint. Okay. Because um, I need the rock kid to do stuff with the rock. Yeah, that's a possibility. Well, I guess we need to talk about this time thing. Okay, so yeah, I'm pretty sure the flashbacks we were seeing mm-hmm. were in... Um, I think we're, we're currently looking at a time loop. I'm putting that in quotes. Um, that's what Fitz kind of says. Because uh, all of them seem to be of the mindset of we knew this was going to happen and we still it still happened. And like they had a couple lines that indicated that they had already gained knowledge of all this stuff and that it, was un- it seemed to be unavoidable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were already connected with this, um, um, this inhuman that can see the past and the future already, which would only happen if, they, if these events had already occurred. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm pretty sure the flashbacks that we were seeing was they ended up going back in time. They couldn't stop the destruction of Earth. And so then all of these events happened again. So now this will be their second go through to going back and trying to stop it. And they're going to okay. have to do something differently. My question is this, and this is for you because I want to know what you think. And the season as a whole needs to answer this question. Why did they go to the future in the first place? Just to see it? Just to gain knowledge, I guess. Okay. Because, okay, that might make more sense because of Fitz's rant about how they keep trying things over and over Mm -hmm. and they keep failing. Um, My impression was we were seeing the first go-through, that they weren't in the future, they were in their time. 
Because there's basically like the present where everything's cool, the earth explosion, and then like 80 years from that point to the future we're watching, Mm -hmm. you know? So my impression was because we only see like Fitz and May that earth exploded they never t- went forward in time and they were in like okay don't they say it's 2020 year 2020 when it happens or the maybe. earth blew up in 2020 maybe anyway we see them my impression was they didn't time travel at all that like half the team died in the earth explosion and that only like may and Fitz survived and that they were there figuring stuff out well and simmons that, simmons survived and yo-yo survived uh yeah i guess yeah and they're kind of like living on the base mm-hmm. but again my assumption was that it was in like the year 2030 or something as opposed to like 2090 which we're watching and then my guess was that fits from that time figures out how to build the rock time machine that they're then looking at yeah that's what i was thinking as well yeah uh, it's confusing I'd have to draw it out, and I definitely didn't. Um, but again, I'd have to listen to his lines again because it's supposed to be vague up till the end when they kind of give a more of a clue with his rant about their plans slash the. He does say the term loop, so you're probably right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, or maybe it's like a thing where they went to the future in the hopes that like. Sky slash Daisy wouldn't be there on the day she's supposed to be. That could be another reason, maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's complicated. Mm-hmm. Though, if if they explain it and it like makes some sense, I'm glad it's complicated. I'm glad it's not just like two steps. Right. Yeah. I like that they added this new element. It felt kind of like Lost <laughs> uh, uh, with like the flashbacks and flash forwards. Um, to the same people so uh, yeah i'm i did like that in this episode because the seasons so far have been pretty straightforward yeah uh, and this added kind of some interesting complexity that i uh, i really liked um if you like that you should check out dirk gently season one because it is oh, yeah. very nonsensical time travel uh craziness and it is like it's probably one of the best shows that handles time travel uh, I need whatever password I need from you to watch that. <laughs> uh, I can't watch it. I can't watch it either. Oh, never mind. Uh, it's we'll it's no longer somebody. available. Where what, where was it that I watched it? I don't know. I don't know. I is it on? Is it like a BBC show or something? Yeah, it was BBC produced it, uh, and they were on Hulu for a limited time. Oh. And now the only way I know to get it is either buying it or renting it through Netflix DVDs. All right, which nobody does. All <laughs> right, I didn't even know they still had that service. <laughs> I forget, and then I tried to search for something, and it's like, we don't have this, but you could get it if you were 80 years old and you still had this other service. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't really have a big thought other than, I think, maybe the thing we just said. So I think we maybe did this in reverse, which is appropriate for the time travel uh, aesthetic. Um, can I give my big thought then, and then we can dig into a little stuff? Sure. I only have, like, a couple little ones, so this will probably be most of it. Um, shows and movies with prophecies in them are are usually complete garbage. Uh, except for the way that this show handled it, and, like, 
there's a couple other shows that do it well, but uh, usually the prophecy is so straightforward and obvious and can't be uh, perceived in any other any other any other circumstance. So you know, when you hear the prophecy, you know exactly. Okay, it's about this main character doing this action. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I think I think Harry Potter had had that in there oh yeah harry potter's all about prophecies and um <laughs> did you watch bright on netflix no i did not <laughs> it's quite terrible i recommend it i've heard uh <laughs> i've heard that also <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's terrible in such a weird way but anyways it opens with a prophecy and you're like uh and then they also just say the prophecy again like at the beginning of the movie <laughs> uh and so the way that the show handled it was they gave you the prophecy of this was the last day or this is the end, it's or true. whatever it is. Um, but it could be... So then there were, everyone was thinking, oh, we have to stop. Something's going to happen today. We have to stop. Mm-hmm. And it made sense that it, her saying it was the last day also made sense because she knew that was the last day she was going to be alive. Right. So having... Uh, and, like, I, it's, it's not even, like, a super clever misdirect. Like, if somebody, no. somebody could have easily guessed that. But... Uh, just right. the fact that it wasn't your initial, the initial response that every character has, uh, it was nice. Right, and it, I actually think it mirrors very well when we introduced this character and her dad, because that was season three, and the big hook of season three was uh, a shield agent is going to die at the end of the season, mm-hmm. but we don't know who because of a vague prophecy of um, a ship flying through space, uh, then exploding or whatever, with a cross in it. Uh, yeah, with the with oh right, I mean we were given. I forgot about the cross because remember there's a shield badge, which is why you know it's a shield agent, mm-hmm. and then the cross, which becomes this like cursed item through the whole season because every time someone else has it, you're like, no, <laughs> no, Fitz, put it down. And then like in the uh, last episode, they passed it off like seven times. Right. <laughs> it, yeah, and that was great because it was kind of this growing tension of like, how is this all going to pan out? You only know a couple details, mm-hmm. and um, you're just kind of seeing it fall together. So, yeah, and again, those same characters kind of um, using a similar fashion. Uh, so. The best thing they did with that cross passing off thing was because normally the way that the way would you would think it would logically go about is one character starts with it, and then it gets passed along to every member until it ends with the last person who was going to have it. And so, like, as mm-hmm. it was being passed, you would narrow it down. Okay, like, okay, so it's not this person anymore. It's between these five. Now it's between these four mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, but they had... They gave it to Daisy, like, twice, I think. I think yeah. she got well, it Well, she beginning. takes it at the end. Because by the end... Well, I mean, by every point, they know that it's bad. They know that nobody wants to have it. And that's the super intense season. Is it? No, that's it's not. Brett Dalton's yeah, last it is. season. That's where Daisy uh, was brainwashed by Brett Dalton for a bit. So yeah. she has like severe guilt, and she wants to die. So she takes it on purpose, and then her her broski takes it from her. So uh, intentionally. So by the end, it's not even like an accident that someone has it. It's like somebody fulfilling fate by kind of taking it on them right. as their as their burden uh, intentionally, which is uh, interesting. And and you saying that she was brainwashed and then felt guilty about it. I completely forgot about that. And I don't think there's been an arc where Daisy hasn't done something that she's felt as irredeemable. Because in this season, she's destroyed the world. In the beginning <laughs> of last season, she was a vigilante on the run 
uh, yeah. trying to protect Inhumans. And that was kind of because of her guilt, though. Because I, gu- I guess so. But no, then- it was because she left because she didn't feel like a shield agent anymore, and then she asks uh, Ghost Rider to kill her oh. for the same reason. For the same reason. I, I didn't remember that either. Because her, she's very, very sad. Her buddy uh-huh. goes up in space and explodes, and then she goes vigilante because of that. Uh, okay. So it's still connected. Yeah. Okay. Still same. Right. And then in season three, she obviously gets brainwashed by Brett Dalton. And season two, she's yeah. choosing between the Inhuman. She's like feels oh, guilty yeah. about being Inhuman. It's a whole X Men drama. Yeah. And then yeah. in season one, she has a couple episodes where like she goes against the team and goes back to like her hacking right, roots. Right. Because she's she's a hacker in that one. Right. She's, I mean, she's always a hacker, but yeah. I didn't realize how consistent they were with making her feel bad about being with shield <laughs> yeah well in the first season played a bit well actually by the end when it got real good it played with shield being bad or being kind of like overly um corporate over yeah overly uh, bureaucratic because mm-hmm. there's the great episode where fitz and brett dalton have to go on a mission together and like they have no extraction plan and she's all mad about it and then um obviously the whole ending is them going hydra and then Coulson and his team like shedding a lot of the rules and just kind of going uh, on their own. That episode, when I when season. I think of what was wrong with season one, that episode is always what comes to mind. Wait, what? The episode where Fitz and Brett Dalton go off. Um, Why I love that episode. It ends. It ends with um, the director lady, the, like the director lady that didn't give them a an out hand hand yeah she wasn't actually bad because somebody was like why don't we give them why don't we give them an extraction plan and she turns to them and like cheekily says she they're part of colson's team they didn't need an extraction plan because she knew colson would disobey and go save them yeah which like if you're running a secret government what are you you doing you can just tell colson to go save them and he'll he'll be like okay yeah that sounds good i'm gonna go do that like the fact that they tried to make colson's team seem so like roguish and super cool and super cool uh (laughs) and they tried to force it on you so hard to the point that like it makes absolutely no sense some of the times and that's the i i still get mad when i think about that line that's lame but the rest of the episode is golden no, the rest of the episode was fine, but like it, it, it also encompassed the main he thro- issue. That's with... where he throws the pesto aioli sandwich. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, uh, that was a tangent. <laughs> we uh, we weren't podcasting back then, so we have to occasionally dip that's dip true. into we the previous dip. seasons and analyze. We should go back and just watch the end of season one. The best. Some of the best episodes of the show. Uh, Trina, we we constantly say that the se- that the show's gotten better and better every season. Um, Trina yeah. told me today that season one was her favorite, and she's liked it less. But which part? Holly hasn't liked the last two seasons. She hasn't liked this season or the previous one I because think it got she, more because it got more serious. No, because it got more weird. Oh, I think Trina doesn't like it as much because she thought the original season, season one, was funner, whereas this season, which is true, too serious. Was it? I don't think it's too serious. I the I most don't... serious season is probably like the second one. See, yeah, the second and third one, they're was, pretty serious. They got the first, they've gotten cheekier lately. Was the first season 
funner or was it trying to be quirkier? The first season, the first well, first season is hard to judge because the end might be some of my favorite episodes in the whole show. Right, the which last is, like three episodes aren't part right, of that season because that's when of, they got a plot. Right, that's when they got a plot, <laughs> and the plot was really dark and really good, and the Brett Dalton reversal was brilliant um, because I never saw it coming in a million years. Uh, that's I, why I like that. But the the beginning is just very bad monster of the week and some of them are okay and some of them are not yeah it's very goofy because it's just them like flying the bus around having grand old time so it is fun i mean yeah you can't argue with that it's the most fun they have as characters is that first season because there's not a whole lot of pressure on them to do anything so there's like post-credit scenes with samuel jackson showing up just post-credit scenes of like them pranking each other like it's very lighthearted. Hmm. uh are the episodes as good no <laughs> is the acting as good not really um i i just remember them trying to be fun but they ended up as like just yeah. being quirky and dumb well l- luckily they stopped this really quick but fitz and simmons for a couple episodes right at the start well, even their first episodes, even the name Fitzsimmons mm-hmm. was kind of, they almost went CW smart person. Mm. Every CW show has like smart lab guy who makes Man like chair. funny, yes, but bad yeah. and lame because they make like all the funny pop culture references and they're just like super charismatic and nerdy and they wear Star Wars t-shirts all the time. And they were almost that. There's a quote, I think, in the first or second episode from Fitzsimmons where they talk about Minecraft. And if you've ever played Minecraft, it makes zero sense. And the person who wrote it was just trying to be relevant. It makes no sense. Um, it's very bad. But then they quickly get rid of that because another one of the first episodes, which is another great episode, is where Simmons is dying from an alien disease and then like commits suicide almost by jumping out the back of the plane. And yeah. by that point, all that goofiness is gone. Uh and they actually get a dead serious episode and that redeems them and makes them great um, because they're in danger. <laughs> uh, and they actually are both, I think they both cry in that episode and they're the best actors in the show, so it's actually amazing. <laughs> um, but for those first couple where they're like, the fun sidekicks who we give one name even though they're two people. Like, it, <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> it's really not good. That's, yeah. I, I love that that description of like they're filling <laughs> right. one role so they're only getting one name even though they're and that's people. how they're introduced right and they have like the case with and they have like the the seven dwarves which are like their little hover mm. drones yeah. like they're there to have gadgets and be quirky yeah uh and luckily that didn't stick because they're so much better being serious mm-hmm. <laughs> and occasionally quirky agreed all right. This episode has been nothing but rants about not this episode. I mean, I'm okay with that. No, I am too. This episode just... is pretty basic. Um, I have I have two comments, two little thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coulson is even Coulson loves Captain America. We all know this. He's even more Captain America now because he has traveled to the future, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, that's what Captain America did. So I hope he has realized that connection. Um, and there's a cool scene where they freeze, uh, they don't freeze, but um, they kill a bunch of aliens because uh, 
uh, yo-yo is really fast, basically, and can kill them all at once. Mm-hmm. And they use the little, like, death discs from, like, season two. Yeah. That Fitz uh, developed. How many of those were made? Fitz made them when he was <laughs> depressed that Simmons was across the galaxy, and he was like, I'm just going to make crazy cool weapons. I guess. No, but they're made out of the obelisk or whatever technology. Oh, is it? That what, is that what they're made out of? Yeah, because that's mm. why everyone turns to ash. Okay. And the bad guys made them, I believe. I think Fitz made uh, them. He might have. Because he, I think the first time they were introduced was when he was trying to get information about how to get Simmons back. And he, like, just killed a bunch of people with him. No. If I'm remembering correctly, I think so. I don't think so. Because this would have been season two Yeah. before Fitz killed anybody. No, there was this weird... Okay, maybe he didn't kill him, but, like, he made them and... There was this weird huh. cold, cold open where he was, like, in a deserty area and he, like, looked all cool and he had this, Yeah, that's like, the third season. Because at the end of season two, uh, Simmons gets gobbled up by the rock. Yeah, you're right. And then he goes to Morocco and is awesome. He's like yeah. a secret agent. Okay, like you're a right. Cool secret agent. Yeah, I mean he might have them there, but they're earlier. Okay. Um, I feel like bad guys throw them. Yes, you know who makes them? The, this German doctor guy, uh, Whitehall, I believe, makes them. Hmm. Because he vaporizes lots of people with those, because he's throwing them around, or okay. he bad guys throw them around. I want to say. I could be wrong, but that's when they're introduced. It's back when Whitehall was the villain. Who I totally forgot about till just now. <laughs> um, that said, they just have them whenever convenient. Uh, yeah. And that's all I had for legal thoughts. Are you are you thought it thought it out? Illegal thoughts. Um, <laughs> what? Illegal <laughs> thoughts. I don't know what's going on. You're you are clearly on. very tired. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I'm going to sleep right after this. I like that the people that were trying to kill Daisy didn't attack everyone. They just knocked out the one dude. They locked the other people away. And they're just it's like, true. all right, we're just going to try to stab you. Uh, it, was, it, like, it made them feel much more believable than them being like, all right, we have to kill the entire team. Right. So that they can't do this thing. Another great moment that I wanna I want to believe was Ian DeCastaker's idea, but maybe it wasn't. Is he has a line where he realizes they're locked in and he's like, Did you lock the door? And it's like the sexy thing. <laughs> and then she says no, and then it's a scary thing. Did but he the say line is just did you lock the door? No, but he smiles. Oh, okay. And he says it in a, in a very soft voice. He's like, Did you lock the door? And then they, she says no, and then they're both afraid. They but bang. for one moment, because right before that, they were alone in the room, and right. then they're smooching. They banged like 20 minutes before that, and he was like, all right, let's <laughs> go again. Probably. And then they were doing science. <laughs> um, it's their perfect day. <laughs> I like all the Star Wars-ian costumes everybody has this season. They're pretty fun. Yeah, but like grunge Star Wars. I mean, that's that's what Star Wars is. It's like grunge sci-fi. I feel like it's like, uh, because everybody's wearing like cloaks and robes and stuff, but they look more, they look more fantasy. I mean, it's more, it's more earthy. Oh, there's the other small thought I didn't write down. They're just knocking it out of the park with their um, set recycling. 
They even have a line in this episode. Wow, isn't it convenient that the bus landed on the one part of Earth that didn't explode? Yeah. So that way they just put a bunch of like tarps and crap up in the bus to make it look like, like an apocalyptic base. And they don't have to build another set for the apocalyptic base. And then they complimented Fitz on how well it held up so that they didn't have to make it look too grungy. <laughs> they don't have to make it cruddy. They just hang up a bunch of tarps and like rags and stuff. Yeah. Uh, throw some pallets in there. Yeah. I mean, it's very obvious what they're doing, but they're, I mean, they're owning it. Mm-hmm. And I find it really funny. Because that was the thing I said first episode was, wow, the CGI is really good. They must be saving a lot of money on shooting locations and sets. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that pretty much consistently. Yeah. Uh, that said, there was more good CGI in this episode. Oh, also, I'm pretty sure I figured out the location dynamics of the base on the surface. Yes, we got a bit more of that. So time. the base actually is in the Earth still. There's a huge chunk of the Earth, and when they send people to the surface, they are just sending them up to the surface. Like, But they also right. have... Sh- the, the confusing part was that they have ships flying out from the base because there's a giant hole in the Earth, and so they're going out... No, mining. the confusing part was that the bugs... Everyone knows the bugs are on the third floor, mm-hmm. which we thought was where we started this show. But we also looked out the window at some point and saw the Earth. Okay, now I'm confused again. Is where maybe right. there was just another chunk of the Earth out there that they saw? Right, and I don't know if they started in the base or if they started somewhere else. Hmm. I'm pretty sure that chunk of the Earth we saw was the only chunk left. It's just like a chunk of ground and then like a chunk of the core, and that's it. Like this. If that's true, then I, again, have no idea what the... Right, what because the what we were confused about last time is, like, where were they looking out the window from? Uh-huh. Just in that one shot where they look out the window. Like, that's the most confusing bit. Because there's also the establishment of the third floor where the bugs are. Mm-hmm. And then we... Because the third floor is in the base, which we assume is part of an elevator system that takes you up to the surface. Mm-hmm. Via the lighthouse or whatever. Um, yeah. Still doesn't make sense. I'd have to watch the first episode and see if they're like on a different ship, if they're on a spaceship in that first episode and looking out the window or something, um, which might be the case. I'm not sure. Hmm. Anywho's, thank you all for listening. I've been your host, Tyler Zobel. You can find me on Twitter at TyZobs, T-Y-Z-A-B-S. And I've been Willa Miller. You can find me on Twitter at WillerXXMiller. Patience is a Chronicom's tool. Bye. Bye. Oh, come on. That's unbelievable. What the hell? Who designed this?